join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. I'm calling Paul Penner. Mr. Yankana, Mr. Sunshine. Wow, Paul, thanks for answering my call. Thanks for uh, getting on a call here with me. It's, um, you know, hopefully we can spend a half hour, 20 minutes to a half hour, and just uh, ask you a bunch of questions about yourself, about what you do. Um, maybe maybe we should start off by saying, like, how, when, when did you start in the business? 1985. Wow. I was uh, 19 years old. Um, took a few years off. Since that, in between, I should say, when I owned my own business, did some traveling and uh, managed a private real estate portfolio. But uh, yeah, I guess I've been in it for 30 plus years now. Kind of lost count at some point. So your practice, uh, I mean, I know that a lot of people think you just do commercial, but you're kind of like, you, you do a bit of both, don't you? I do. I started off selling only residential. And then more and more of my clients wanted help with commercial. So I signed up for the Urban Land Economics program at UBC. Four years later, I got my ticket on that side. Um, now, probably about two-thirds of my business is commercial, and I still do some residential as well, mostly for my past clients. Awesome. So the other part of your uh, life and real estate career that maybe some only maybe only some people know maybe not everybody knows and maybe some people know what you do but they didn't know realize you were part of our office is that you've been teaching courses for uh, the association like BCRA and tell us a little bit about that yeah yeah actually thanks to you I wasn't looking for that gig but uh, you had put my name forward and they uh, suggested I consider it I actually wrote it off at first but um I've always had this policy of trying to push myself out of my comfort zone. So I decided, well, give it a shot. Now, well, I don't know, probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years later since I've started teaching, I teach for uh, council or now BCFSA. I teach for uh, the provincial organization at BCREA. And I also teach for the real estate board of Greater Vancouver. And then a lot of those courses are offered throughout the province. So, uh, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. So the last couple of years, I mean, when you've been pretty much doing, like me, uh, teaching classes online, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been two years of Zooming. And I got to tell you, I'm getting a little tired of Zoom. But uh, about a month ago, I got an invitation to teach for the Association of Interior Realtors. Um, so they had le had me lined up for Revelstoke, Vernon, and Kelowna live and in person. Uh, the Revelstoke one didn't work out. I had to Zoom from the hotel room because there were some questions as to whether I had COVID or not. But uh, Vernon and Kelowna were live, and I got to tell you, the, the rush of having people in person in front of you, oh, fantastic. I wanted to give everybody a hug. It was such a relief from Zoom. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I mean, they had a meeting in uh, uh, in Revelstoke. How many realtors would have attended that? Uh, Revelstoke had about 50 people. Well, they probably would have come up from uh, from Kimberley and from Cranbrook as well as uh, you know, because there wouldn't be that there wouldn't be that many. Be, there, not, not too many people would come from Sycamus, or maybe a few. Yeah, I'm thinking Revelstoke, and I. I I don't know exactly where the board boundaries are, but I think Cranbrook is part of Kootenay Board. Yeah, it is. 
So it's it's probably Revelstoke West and South that would get the attention. Got it. And and maybe there were even some people from Vernon that were up there because the class in Vernon was different from the class in Revelstoke. It was a different topic. So tell me, when you're doing these classes, uh, what's your like over the years? What's what's some of the things that come up that you go, wow, I would have never thought, I would have never thought that. Oh, is there stuff that comes up and you go, man, that's I couldn't believe this came up in the class. It'll vary depending on what I'm teaching. If you're teaching contract nightmares, uh, there's all kinds of issues with multiple offers and other things that come to light. Uh, commercial courses, it deals more with cash flows and uh, spreadsheets and things of that nature. But uh, yesterday I was teaching a course for uh, realtors in Vancouver about hazards of older homes. And uh, one of the pieces in that class is rate on gas. And most people don't realize that there are pockets in the lower mainland that uh, may have radon gas issues. Uh, areas like West Van, North Van, Burke Mountain, and even Sumas Mountain out here in Abbotsford. Yeah, the radon gas is, um, I, that's kind of a surprise to me. I didn't realize we had those things. I always thought radon, radon gas came from decomposing matter uh, yep. under the soil. That, that, that's correct, right? It, it's a decomposing rock that has uranium in it, and uh, none of us think of re uranium in this area, but basically any areas where you're building on solid rock, um, there's a chance that there might be some uranium in that area, and as that decomposes slowly over time, it gives off uh, some radon gas. Not a big deal as it comes up through your lawn, but if it comes up in your basement and collects in little pockets that aren't well ventilated, it can be a problem. So, so how would people, you know, how would people, uh, realtors, how would we, what precautions can we take? Well, uh, I, I think it's a great little opportunity for doing a David Corey Popeye. Go out there, buy yourself a little radon gas kit. They're about 30 bucks at Canadian Tire, right beside the smoke detectors bring it to your clients, gives you a reason to stop in. They can put it in their basement or a crawl space, let it sit there for the prescribed time. They stick it into a box, ship it back to the company that manufactured it, and then they'll get a letter back telling them what the results were. And the thing with radon gas, the solution is usually pretty straightforward and not that expensive in our area. If you get super high concentrations, yeah, it can get expensive. But usually what you find out here is they'll just tell you, have better ventilation in your basement. So maybe you put your basement bathroom fan on a timer or something of that nature. And almost always, that's all it takes if you, do, if you even find radon gas. So, so, the, so the kit that you buy at Canadian Tire to do the testing, one kit will do multiple homes, many homes? Uh... No, no, uh, one kit per home. So, so it's, you know, you can either buy them an expensive bottle of wine or uh, you can get them a radon testing kit. You know, give, them a, give it to them as a Christmas present or whatever other reason you're stopping in. So what's the, what's the kit worth? Uh, about 30 bucks. Oh, that's, you know, Paul, this has got to be like one of the golden nuggets of the call that you, uh, you've given everybody a, a heck of a reason to pop by, bring value, and um, maintain, you know, stay connected to your past clients. I love it. Exactly. And, you know, even if they're in an area that isn't likely to have radon, 
gives you a reason to come by or give them a CO2 kit. Either way, right? Right on. Right on. I love it. That's awesome. But while I got you on the on this, you know, on the top on these topics, you you kind of went by multiple offers. So this is something you do in class. Uh, have you got time to? Can you just kind of give us some some tips and tricks for? Because we've got a lot of new people in the office who are probably wondering what the heck do I do, or they they're having trouble. Well, well, give us some tips. Well, what we're talking about in that class is more of a risk management piece. So what do you do when the multiple offers come in? Uh, one of the biggest things is comparing those. Um, so what we talk about is just create a spreadsheet. What's the offer price? What's the deposit? What are the dates? What are the conditions? Any other stuff? Put that on one big spreadsheet so you can show your client, look, here are the different offers. Here's a summary of it. Because as you go through each offer, they'll forget what that first offer looked like out of eight different offers. So if you, if you build yourself a nice little spreadsheet, it doesn't have to be that elaborate. Just cover off the main stuff. Then your clients can make a decent decision of which one to go with. Um, and then we also talk about different factors of what's your reputation worth. If, if you build a decent reputation, maybe the selling agent will take your offer over the guy that's a disaster to work with even though the other guy's offer is a, a grand or two above yours. So you, you, the first part of your answer, you covered off representing the seller in a multiple offer, and then you switched at the end to um, representing the buyer and how you could win, right? Exactly, yeah. So that's, that's good information. Any other, any other tips about helping? Well, you just had the one tip about building good rapport with the listing agent for for winning when you're the, represent the buyer. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people have, right? They, they have to write many offers uh, with their one buyer to, to finally find a place for them. Exactly. And, and that, fair enough, but that rapport piece that we've, if you've been in it long enough, you've dealt with people that seem to have little organization in how they do business. So when it's time for a subject removal, you call them up. Hey, how's that subject removal come along? Oh, expletive. Is that today? <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, stuff like that. And they, they just seem <sighs> to be reacting as opposed to being proactive. And, uh, and, and building a decent reputation of being the, the person in the business that has the right paperwork, that gets it to you on time, um, that removes subjects. And ultimately, what, you, what I've found, or at least the impression I get, is your clients tend to be a reflection of you. So if you're a disaster to work with, guess what? You're probably dragging clients that are a disaster as well with you. So if I'm working for a seller and you, know, you, you get this disaster realtor coming your way, somebody else comes along and you're like, okay, this person's got a reputation of getting the deals across the finish line. They're good to work with. You've got a house at a million two. The other offer is two grand less. Which one are you going to go with? You, you almost make me think, uh, it just dawned on me when you were saying that, that um, you know, if, you're, if you're unknown to the listing agent, it might not be a bad idea just to, give, uh, to, have like, to keep like a little resume of what you've done you know, in terms of deals completed or some kind of a, 
something to give to the listing agent so he might know, oh, you're, because, you know, these days, you know, you could be doing a, pro, a listing or doing an offer and you're from a completely different area and the listing agent might not know who you are, right? You might be from the same area and the listing agent doesn't know who you are, right? I, I mean, when I started, there were a couple of hundred realtors in Abbotsford. Now there's thousands of us. I, I don't know all the realtors in town. Right, right. Maybe even getting some testimonials from deals you've completed. Like if you were the buyer's agent and you did a timely job and you phoned me up later on and said, Ray, would you write me a little testimonial for my, for my file, uh, uh, how good I was in terms of, you know, uh, I would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't want my deal fees to, or my desk fee to go up as a result of this, but just having Remax little look at the bottom and people knowing that our conveyancing department is behind this deal, Patty and the crew are without question, the best in town. And, and that reflects on how your deal goes through. We're, we're not that nightmare office to deal with. <laughs> You know, uh, you've hit the nail on the head there, you know, because sometimes even the new agents to the office may not realize the reputation that many people who have been here for years, I mean, you've been with us now for, this is your, this is your 20th year. Is it? Yeah. You started, is this, you started. Is this the free year? I thought every 20th year was free. Again, you know, as soon as you start talking like that, you're, it's above my pay grade. <laughs> you I know, know. You know don't, don't, yeah, don't talk about, bus. don't talk above my pay grade, Paul. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm just Ray, you know, Christina, <laughs> David, uh, these guys have that. They have incredible power. <laughs> <laughs> David thinks he's got power, but let's face it. It's Christina that's pulling the chain. Okay. Well, listen, um, I know you do, um, you know, you do, people think of you as doing uh, quite a bit of commercial, but you do commercial and residential. Um, did we talk about that earlier? I'm not sure. No. I, uh, yeah, probably about. Well, I, I started off only selling residential, and then I had more and more people asking me if I handled commercial, and I didn't, and I didn't want to lose my license by doing stuff that I didn't understand. So finally, I decided, well, I'm going to equip myself to do this side of the business. So I signed up for the Urban Land Economics Program at UBC. Um, took me four years to get through it, but uh, finally I got my ticket, and uh, now about two thirds of my business is on the commercial side. Is that urban land uh, like a second degree, or is it a first degree? Uh, urban land economics is a diploma, and then you can add to it okay. to make it a degree. Got it. Got it. It's a diploma, so you don't have to have a bachelor's uh, degree to do it. No, no. Um, it it can feed into a bachelor's. Okay. And that, that's the difference between, uh, like, I love the CCIM program, which is great as well. When I decided to take the urban land, I was thinking, am I going to turn this into a degree at some point? I haven't. And, uh, I mean, at this point, I probably never will. But uh, that, that was kind of my decision of going urban land versus CCIM. The content is great on both sides, but by getting the urban land you can also use those credits if you want to go into a degree in something else awesome so you mentioned that you teach uh you know some of the courses you teach and uh, obviously the contract nightmare and uh but contracts are such an important part of our everyday what are some of the what are some of the nightmares that people should be aware of so they don't get get involved in the nightmare well, uh, one thing that a lot of people seem to run into is late subject removals. 
And if you don't get the subjects removed on time, uh, council, I keep saying council, BCFSA says that you cannot put the paddles to that deal. In other words, you, you can't revive it the next day with paperwork. If you didn't remove subjects, do a new contract, even if both, both parties agree. Late deposits. Don't screw around with that because there's very little tolerance on deposits not being on time. And then you hear some crazy, stupid stories like people backdating subject removals and stuff like that and then sending it through DocuSign so it gets a nice date stamp on a backdated subject <laughs> removal. And, and the investigation team over at BCFSA just chuckles sometimes as to how naive the practitioners are in trying to slide stuff past like just just do it right and if you miss it well face the music and put today's date on it don't put yesterday's date on it or or draw if you're or if you're going to put another date you better go do it in person is that what you're saying paul no no that's not what i'm saying okay (laughs) (laughs) and and the other piece is I still love the story that I had from, and it wasn't David, it was a different broker that was telling me he went to counsel back then um, on a case and he was on the hearing panel and the practitioner walks in and says, so which one of you guys is my broker? (laughs) I, I mean, that's what we have David and the rest of the team here for. Use them as a resource. Don't try to wing it and work your way through it um, and hope you're going you're gonna to figure it out. It's a, it's like you just got through med school. Somebody gave you a scalpel. You're not quite sure how to do a certain surgery, but you hope you're going to figure it out. A lot of people are going to get hurt before you figure it out. Same thing with our licensing. I, I think a lot of us get our license long before we're qualified to actually handle a deal. And I see that all the time with some of the courses that I'm teaching for council or for the post licensing courses. Yeah, it's um it's crazy. Uh we we now have um you may not see her as much but she works in the Surrey and Mission offices and she really is helped David carry the load in terms of helping people understand contracts. I'm referring to Natalie. Natalie I mean she's I mean fantastic. I mean, yeah, she is and she's actually running courses on a regular basis just to help people, you know, and especially the new people, right? And we have, this year, this year is one of those years where we actually have a lot of new people. So if you're listening to this and you're new, make sure you get hooked into learning all the ins and outs of contract writing from, from Natalie. Yeah. Lean on Natalie, David, lean on some of the other people in the business that have been doing it for a while. Don't pick up bad habits, but, uh, the, the people that do it right, reach out to them and, uh, if you are one of those people in in the office here, I remember when I started, I didn't get any mentoring. If if there's one thing I wish I would have gotten better when I first started is a decent mentor. I shared an office with a guy that had a whole bunch of horrible habits, and I just thought the phone would ring on its own. <laughs> so it took me a while to figure out that you have to earn that phone ringing on its own. You have to make a lot of outgoing calls for years and years before it starts to ring on its own coming inbound. So, yeah, habits. Habits. We uh it's one of our it's one of our training topics, how to how to take thoughts, put it into action and do it enough times that you, you know, it's it almost, you know, it happens automatically. Yep. 
Yeah, just like practicing scripts, right? Just practice them, and then you don't have to do a canned presentation, but answers seem to come naturally if you've worked it long enough in rehearsing a script. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I, I oftentimes use the illustration that when you get into real estate, it's like you went to a different country and they speak a different language, and you got to learn the language, right? Hey, my uh, one of the things that always comes to mind to me, and uh, I got to give you credit for it, is in the absence of uh, value, price becomes the issue. And uh, how many times do I use that when I'm doing a listing presentation? Just remind myself, show enough value, and you don't have to accept a commissionectomy. Correct. Correct. Well, listen. Um... We talked a bit about your teaching. We talked a bit about your practice. Uh, what, are, what are some things about you that um, maybe people don't know? What do you, what do you like doing when you've when you got some time? I like hiking. I like photography. I love good food, good wine. Um, and then, you know, got a family to look after and uh, spend time with. Now, some people probably have this question. Uh, I know I've, I've wondered. You've posted some pictures on uh, Facebook, etc. more than once, where you've got this bird <laughs> sitting on your head. T uh, tell us about the bird on your head. Uh, well, I guess my go-to hike is uh, Elk Mountain out in eastern Chilliwack. Um, and uh, often when I do that hike, you run into some whiskey jacks, and uh, if you give them a peanut or something, uh, they, they'll do whatever trick you want. So, by the way, I've done that hike 48 times this year, so I got to get two more hikes in to hit that 50, which was my goal for this year. So, shouldn't be a problem. How, how long? How long is that hike in terms of kilometers, and then how how much elevation do you gain? Uh, I think it's about a 10k. I could look up the elevation gain, but uh, uh, yeah, it's about a 10k hike. So, 10k in or 10k in and out? Return. Okay, got it. I think that's right. How long does it take you? Uh. I've decided to stop running down because it gets tough on your back. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah, it's uh, 9.96 Ks, and it's about 825-meter gain. Um, so nowadays, I, I typically do it in about two and a half hours. How long does it take to get up? Uh, that is probably... Just over an hour, probably hour and 15, something like that, hour and 20. And for somebody that's a novice, how long would it take? Maybe maybe hour and, hour, hour and three quarters, maybe? Yeah, I would I would say that's that's a comfortable pace. Nice. Now, keep in mind, I'm a 56-year-old guy. Like, you should be able to keep up with me. <laughs> Don't let the gorgeous locks of hair fool you. I'm, I'm actually getting up there in age. Well, that's, that's great, Paul. You told us about the business. You told us about yourself. Um, I, I know you're, you're married and have children. How many children do you have? Uh, two of them. One is teaching. Uh, she's about to start actually at Hanson uh, as an art teacher. She got her master's in theology at, uh, out in Scotland at St. Andrews University. And my son's at UFV. He just graduated this year, so he's been applying for med school. So uh, we're all hoping he can beat the odds and get in there. It's a tight entry requirement. So in the meantime, he's doing some uh, research for some of the profs at UFE. So if anybody needs you, Paul, there may be some agents that need you from other parts of the province that aren't in Abbotsford. How to, are you easy to get a hold of? 
Yeah, just uh, go to the end of the cul-de-sac beside the photocopier upstairs. That's where I am. <laughs> <laughs> or just phone. You know what I like about our office is you can phone the office. You could be in Revelstoke. We have agents in Revelstoke. We have agents in Grand Forks. You can be anywhere in the province. Uh, phone the office and just say, uh, I want to speak to so-and-so, and they'll patch you through. It's crazy. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, by all means. I take referrals. I've, uh, I think this year I paid out about 150000 in referrals. So, Wow. You, you paid know, rather, out. You rather paid than other agents. getting all of nothing. You paid other agents 150000 in referral fees? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, listen, Paul, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, Anytime, um, Ray. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to get caught up again another time. Sounds good. Have oh. a great day. Yeah, same Bye, to you. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.